Look, I'm excited today. We're kicking off a brand new series. It's called Soul Detox. Uh, normally, I wouldn't start a series like this off in, uh, right now in the summer. I'd, I'd wait till January, I'd wait till August, kind of where we begin to start the new season in. But we're in a very unusual time. Uh, as a society, we are coming out of the coronavirus pandemic, this crisis. Uh, and I think it's a time where many have realized that there are some areas in their life that have become toxic. Um, I think some of it, the coronavirus has exposed. You didn't know it was there, but it was, and God allowed this to expose it. I think in some ways, the coronavirus might have caused some of it. Let me explain. It's because you've gotten out of rhythm. It's gotten out of your norm. Maybe you stopped going to a small group. Maybe you stopped serving in the dream team. Maybe you stopped going to church. It's like it's online. You just happened to come in today. And so you, you hadn't been consistent. The things you did last year that got you to now, you've stopped doing. And so you kind of let your guard down. You, you start to create some habits. And not that all of them are bad, but are they leading you into the right place? So maybe you become a little toxic in some areas. And I want you to know, if that's you, I know for me, there's some things I'm like, God, you pointed some things out. Let's go work on these things. Uh, so just know this. It's okay. Nobody's perfect. Everybody say that. Say, nobody's perfect. God didn't expect us to be perfect. But what he does want is progress. And so we've got to continue to say, God, I'm going to make forward progress in my life. And so as he has showed us the areas that need work, we're going to work on them. Uh, and I think the greatest gift that you can give to your spouse, your kids, your family, your friends, your coworker, your boss, I mean, to anyone, that gift is a healthy you. That's good. And so I wanna do that. I wanna take the next couple of weeks and I, wanna, I want us to get healthy. I wanna do a soul detox. We're gonna focus on cleansing our lives in areas that might have become toxic. Yeah. Now, someone say, okay, pastor, how do I know if an area is toxic? Well. You can look at what you eat, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the way it is in the natural. We just, look, I want to see what I eat. Yeah, we were just talking about fried Oreos. Well, it's the same thing in your life, right? If, if you want to see if there's an area that's toxic, just what are you consuming? What am I reading? What am I listening to? What am I watching? Here, what am I allowing other people to speak into me? What am I allowing to influence my decisions? Some of you, it's been negativity. It's been anger. It's been fear. It's been lust. Maybe it's been pride. Uh, spiritually, uh, you, you haven't been watching what you're eating. So your soul is just getting all these negative things fed into it. And no wonder it's, you wake up, you're like, man, I feel a little toxic. And so what's happened is this COVID crisis has really shifted our diets. It's caused us to consume things that I believe you wouldn't normally consume. I, I wonder if how many of you have watched something, you know what I'm talking about, something through the last 12 weeks that you wouldn't have otherwise watched. I think we were just, we were just talking about that. Listen, normally it's like, no, I'm going to watch it, but I'm bored. And so what are you going to do? You're going to go to Netflix. You're going to go to YouTube. You're going to just watch them. Not that they're bad or evil in and of themselves, but you wouldn't normally feed yourself what you're watching right now. And what happens is we inadvertently get into these habits, bad habits, and, and we, we just stumble into them, not realizing that we've been developing these habits. And then now all of a sudden we've got a toxic life. So we just got to deal with it. Got to deal with those thoughts that we don't normally think about. Think about the, the whole COVID crisis. Most people don't constantly think about financial uncertainty. Yeah. 
right? You, you don't go around thinking, well, am I going to be furloughed? Am I going to have a job? What's my industry? Why? Because before this, everything was pretty safe. Everything was pretty secure. And so now you've, you've been thinking of these thoughts that you wouldn't normally think. You're like, well, well I've got to capture the thoughts of fear, yeah. anxiety, worry, and doubt. And the problem is some of you hadn't captured them. And so you become unhealthy. Uh, you, 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 I mean, think about even us as a society. I was, I was in the store just the other day, walking around, and someone sneezed. And what did you think? I sure hope they had a mask. Come on, right? I mean, it's like, they better have a mask. I thought, it was a very interesting thought because, you know, if you'd asked me this three months ago, ain't nobody would have even paid attention to a sneeze. Nobody would have even cared. And so what has happened, we've inadvertently been thinking these thoughts of, I don't want to get sick. I hope they're healthy. And so I think it's caused us in some areas of our lives to become toxic. And so we've got to make sure we're addressing that. Really, the more you consume, the more you crave. So whatever I'm eating, it develops an appetite in my life. And we don't develop an appetite for what's good. We develop an appetite for what we eat. And most people, look, you don't just wake up. How many of you ever woke up just craving vegetables? (laughs) I'll never forget. Raylan told me, she said, I'm never eating. I'm never eating vegetables. I'm eating candy, candy, candy. And I'm going to let my kids eat candy, candy, candy. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, all right, girl, you let them eat because Papa's going to let them eat candy, candy, candy. <laughs> well, what's happened? She's developed an appetite for sugar. Look, if you eat sweets, you're going to crave sweets. Uh, if, if you eat vegetables and don't eat sweets, you will actually crave healthy things. Uh, it's simply the fact of what I'm consuming in my life. Just the other night, Addison uh, made some brownies. And, you know, she always puts it under the guise of, Dad, I'm going to make you some brownies. Come on, I'll make her my brownies. And uh, she said, you want some? I said, no, Addison, I'm good. Uh, I, I don't think I want, Dad, you want just a bowl? No, I, no, I don't want a bowl because I'm, I'm struggling with Dunlap disease. My belly Dunlapped over my belt. And it's struggle right now. It's real. It's the COVID bod. And I'm like, no, Addie, listen. No, Daddy, Daddy, like I can't do it. I don't want to be unhealthy. I want to lose weight. And so I said no to Addison. How many are proud of me? You're proud of me? I'm really proud of me too. I was, I was, I was patting myself on the back. I was really proud. However, I walked by those brownies. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, you just walk by, you're just going to get a little bite. Like just a little taste, just one little, I just, I just want just a little bite. And so I took a bite of the brownie and guess what? I walked away and that was it. No, I'm just lying. I, I walked away and I sat down. And guess what? I got up again, and I'm like, I'm just going to get another bite, another bite. And I kid you not, by the end of the night, I ate the entire pan of brownies. I hate to say it. It was tragic. But why? Because you crave what you eat, not what's good for you. That's it. And so, look, Paul has this same issue. Look at Romans. He talks about it in Romans 7, verse 21. He said, so I find this law at work, that although I want to do good, evil's right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But look, here's, here's the conflict. I see another law at work within me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner to the law of sin at work within me. Look at what he says. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Think about it. He's wrestling. It's like I, I want to do good, but it's tough. I don't, and, and I don't want to do bad, but I do bad. And there's this inner turmoil that's taking place. And inside of him, he's struggling. 
And this is where I think we have to understand that in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives, there is this reality of my spirit wants to do good, my spirit wants to search after God, but there is a wrestling. And that's because we're made in the image of God. God is a triune being. What does that mean, Pastor? Listen, he has eternally revealed himself as the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So these are three distinct personalities and attributes of God without division of nature or essence of being. So they're three in one. And Genesis chapter one says that we are created in the image of God. Well, what's that mean, Pastor? That means, look, we're a triune in nature as well, that you are a spirit. You have a soul, but yet you live in a body. And think about this. Your spirit is God conscious. My soul is self-conscious and my body is earth conscious. And so there's this war that's happening inside of me. And so when we are born again, what's happened, that's why I talk about going from death to light. Your spirit is actually dead before God, but God awakens your spirit. you made brand new. Yes. And this is the part of you when we get saved, when we pray the prayer of surrender, salvation takes place to our spirit. However, look, you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. And we live in a body. And so I've got a soul, I live in a body. Now the, the body is the physical you. Look, you go and try to move those chairs without using your body. You can't will those chairs to move. So it takes a body to perpetuate the desires of your will and your soul. And so that's what makes it happen. Now, the only thing is when we're born again, it's only your spirit that gets saved. It's only your spirit that gets perfected at salvation. And so then that means there's a wrestling with my soul, with my body, which are the five senses that we have. And so for me as a Christian, I've got to focus on making sure that my soul and my body become sanctified. What does that mean, Pastor? That's a big spiritual word. It just means purified. So that my soul and my body remain pure, and it happens by walking in the Spirit after we're saved. So the Spirit of God has saved my, my spirit. It's, it's made from death to life, and now this sanctification process is purifying my soul and my body. And I think that's where Christians get confused. Look, they think, I get saved, the Spirit's going to control my soul, the Spirit's going to control my body, and uh, I'm going to have all this revelation, and God's going to make me do the right thing. No, the truth is, you may have the revelation, but your soul has a choice. You can get a rev on Sunday, come on, Pastor Jim, and then your soul now has to go make a decision, because if your soul don't make a decision, your body won't act it out. And so that's the most profound spiritual truth that you'll ever learn. That, okay, God, even though the truth is deposited, now my soul has got some choices, and then my body's got to be disciplined. But Paul yeah. talked about, I discipline my body. Why? Because it's, it needs to be disciplined. It yeah. needs to be broken. It needs to submit to the will of God through our spirit. And so you are only made a new creation in your spirit. Look at what Jesus said. In John chapter three, verse six, he says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So the flesh and the body, look, they're still the same as they were before you found Christ, and that's why your soul and your body, they still have the same issues after you're saved. Look, if you were addicted to something before salvation, though you've been delivered, though you've been set free, 
It doesn't mean that you're not going to crave those things in your soul and in your body. You're still going to have to deal with it. I mean, you're, you're delivered. It's awesome. But there is a temptation that now you're going to have to fight. Listen, sin affects every one of us, and we all have a propensity to this sin versus another. Not everyone is tempted at the same level. And so our soul is attracted to the things that we were bound to before. And in order to detox your life, look, you've got to learn to control your cravings. You've got to learn to control them. So how do you control your cravings? Well, the first thing, look, I've got to avoid my triggers. So if I want to eat clean, if I want to be healthy, come on, I've got to get rid of the thing that's making me not eat healthy. I mean, no, that's the brownies. So, so this is what I got to do. I've got to stop buying the big box of Ghirardelli brownies at Costco. Come on. I mean, I, I've got to say no in Costco because if those brownies end up at my house, what will happen is Addison's going to make them for me, and then I'm going to be tempted to eat the entire pan again, and I'm going to constantly struggle with Dunlap disease. Look, I've got to make sure I get rid of the triggers. Well, the same thing is true with our soul. Look, if you want a healthy soul, you've got to live a clean life. And living clean means getting rid of whatever contaminates your life. What is it that's tempting me to do the wrong thing? And then I've got to get rid of those things and make sure they don't come back in my life. Look, some of you, you have reintroduced things back into your life that have caused your soul to be tempted and to become toxic. You made bad decisions. And see, God delivered you from this or God delivered you from that and, and you were excited and life was good, but now you've reintroduced those things that have caused you to slip back into the old way of life. You gotta get rid of the triggers. Look, the challenge with some of us is you wanna stay toxic and still be blessed. Wow. Yeah, you, you know, see, blessings and bad habits, they don't grow together. You reap what you sow, and you can't sow weeds and then pray for a crop failure. I think that's what we do. I want to sow all this and do all that, and then God, don't let any of the repercussions, none of the consequences come my way. No, no. If you plant corn, you're going to get corn. You can't plant corn and say, God, give me watermelons. It doesn't work like that. Why? Because you reap what you sow. What happens to you is a direct response to what is happening in you. Look, if you don't like the fruit, then you got to go back to the seeds that you're planting. So what are you sowing in your life? How do I know what my triggers are? Look, every deed is a seed. Uh, don't just ask, is this a sin? Ask, is this a seed? And some things, they're not a sin, but they're a seed that's being planted in your life. Look, is it a sin to listen to music that doesn't uplift God? No, it's just a seed. Look, is it a sin to hang out with people who don't love God and bring you down? No. It's just a seed. Look, is it a sin to miss church? No. It's just a seed that builds a pattern in your life. Is it a sin to watch Netflix and to binge on it? No. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's just, it's a seed. Look, and good things have got to be planted in our lives. And here's, here's, here's the crazy part is bad things don't actually even have to be planted. They actually grow naturally. They're just like weeds. Weeds are a part of life. They grow whether you like it or not, whether you want it or not. Even though weeds aren't planted, they still have to be dealt with. And look, some things in your life, you just got to deal with them. 
Your life has been uncultivated. Now what's happened is your life's growing into a weed farm. And how many know nobody wants a weed farm? Come on, I want a life that's got good seed, that's got good fruit, that's producing good things. And some of us have unintentionally allowed the weeds to infiltrate our life and to dominate what we've become. It takes intentionality. If you allow life to just happen, guess what? It will. It'll take you down the wrong road. So you got to live intentionally for God. If you want the enemy to steal your dream, just do nothing. Allow what he plants in your heart to stay there. I don't know if anybody here, how many love Oreos? Anybody like Oreos? We were actually talking about Oreos, and uh, we love Oreos. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Here's a cool fact. 450 billion Oreo cookies have been sold since 1912. 450 billion. Somebody's addicted to these Oreos. It's the best-selling cookie of all time. Well, did you know that the secret to the Oreo cookie is, I read this, there are seven different food ingredients that we can eat that literally drive the human being and the mind of a human wild. And the cravings of Oreo comes because six of those seven ingredients are in Oreos. Come on, tell me somebody didn't intentionally put those inside the Oreo. The the study that I read actually suggests that uh, it's the same chemicals that go off in your brain and rush uh, your brain as narcotics. And so people keep coming back. It's like, oh man, something's triggered in my mind. I got to go back for that sugary goodness. Something is, something is, you're fiending for some Oreos. They did a study too in the 1980s and lab rats became ravenous when they ate Oreo cookies. They just, they, they poked at it at first, and once they ate a bite, they couldn't stop eating. They ate them to excess. I thought, wow, isn't that crazy? You, why? Because you just can't eat one. Come on. Carson and I went and got some Oreos the other day and ate the entire bag. Have you tried the new peanut butter Oreos? Did you even know? Oh my God. It's like crack. Come on. Absolutely. So good. What happens? We're overindulging in something that tastes so good. Look, you can't consistently indulge in a trigger and avoid not being unhealthy. Look, so you can't eat Oreos all day. Come on, how many know if I eat Oreos all day, I'm going to have double Dunlap disease. (laughs) Why? Because I can't eat it and not experience the effects of it. I'm going to be unhealthy. Well, same thing in our soul. If we continue to indulge in the things that are toxic and unhealthy, we're going to have an unhealthy life. I think we've got a lot of bulimic Christians. They're they're binging and purging. See, they binge all week long, and then they come to church on a Sunday and they purge. I think our souls need more than just a Sunday detox. We need a life detox. And that's one of the reasons I'm loving this series through the summer. We're going to detox. What's the second thing? I've got to label my triggers. So what are the triggers in my life, the things that cause me to crave that thing that is unhealthy. Maybe it's the sound, or maybe it's a sight, maybe it's a thought, uh, maybe it's a movie or a place or a music. Whatever it is, what we've got to do is be honest with ourselves and begin to label it. Maybe it's an old relationship. Maybe it's an old boyfriend. Come on, old girlfriend. Right? Maybe it's just an old friend in general. And when I get around that person, it triggers me to want to go and do the things 
that I no longer do. It causes me to be tempted to go into a path that I, that I said no to and I've changed my life from. And the more I hang out with them, what happens? The more tempted I become, the unhealthier I get. Why? Because I make bad decisions. So that person's a trigger for my life. Look, I want to encourage you, write their name down. Don't write it down in the comments. Come on, please. <laughs> just, just write it down on a piece of paper. <laughs> Don't go on blast. And then look, once you write down whatever it is, it's a person, it's a place, maybe it's, maybe it's a thing, whatever it is, I'm just going to choose to stay away from the thing that causes me to move down the wrong path. The third thing is this, we got to focus on an alternative. That's good. I don't want to just say no to something. I want to just say I'm not going to. I want to lead myself to the right place. So I want to replace whatever it is that's bad with something that's good. I want to develop and cultivate a new appetite. Paul says it like this in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. He says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So what does it mean? Look, I'm, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to do the things that lead me closer to God. That as I do those things, it's going to draw me closer to God. So think about this. What, what am I going to change? I'm going to pray more. Prayer changes things. And I know it sounds trite and, oh, you talk, pray first. Anytime I begin to experience a trigger, I get around something that's tempting me, God, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna read my Bible. Maybe that's what it, instead of going to the movies, I'm gonna stay home and I'm gonna have a Bible party. I'm gonna read my Bible, right? Instead of listening to worship or, or, or bad songs, I'm gonna listen to worship. Instead of the secular music that causes me to remember the old lifestyle, I'm gonna, God, I'm gonna put on elevation. I'm going to put on some Kim Walker. I'm going to put on something that leads me back to you. Maybe you need to replace some of your activities with serving on the dream team. Come on. Go out and help in outreach. We're doing them each and every week. We're out in the community. We're making a difference. And I'm replacing the old, the bad, the thing that leads me to the wrong path with something that's good that leads me to the place that God wants me. Maybe, look, maybe you just need to join a small group. Come on, we're launching our small groups. This next week, we're launching all of our small groups for the summer. And so I want to encourage you, look, say, I, I need some new relationships. Uh, at, a, at this church, we're not just a church with small groups, we're a church of small groups. And so for us, we believe in the power of relationships. And some of you have been struggling with those old, toxic relationships that have found their way back into your life. I want to say this, it's time for a new alternative. It's time to get some new friends. It's time to get a new tribe. It's time to get some people that you can do life with that lead you back to God. When things are tough, they don't lead you down the wrong path. They lead you to the right place and the right path. And I'm, I, I'm so thrilled. I, I, I don't know about you. I'm pumped about our summer small groups, getting reconnected with one another. So I want to encourage you to do that. What are we doing? We're replacing the toxic with something that's an alternative. Now, I want to take the next couple of weeks, and I just want to encourage you, come back. Look, the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about our soul. We're going to be talking about the way we think. We're talking about things that have gotten into our lives that have caused us, or maybe they hadn't caused us, but has revealed to us the real areas of toxicity, the places where God is ready to deal with. And we're, going to, we're going to deal with it. We're going to become healthy spiritually. Our souls are going to be healthy. We're going to be strong. We're going to get through this summer better. Yeah knowing that we're walking out God's path for our life, God's purpose for our lives. Yeah.